0: You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Usler, and Joe DeSantis. An all access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball.
1: We welcome you once again to Open Court with Jay Young, your information source for Fairfield University basketball. Along with the coach, um, Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. Also joining us today, the Staggs Freshman Center out of East Orange, New Jersey, Supreme Cook. The Staggs Alumni Hall era is finished, and Fairfield closed out the old gym with a win over Canisius. And now uh, they were supposed to be getting ready for a pair of games this weekend at Mammoth. Those games are not happening, as most of you probably know by now. Jay, wanted to start out by asking you, um, when did you get notice of this latest COVID-related pause, and how did you and the team react to this, this news?
2: Just uh, Wednesday morning, uh, right before we went in for COVID testing of our own, um, I had heard that Iona was shut down again because of another positive test. So you just kind of start connecting the dots uh, and realize that they just played Mammoth, who's your next opponent, and that would probably impact the Mammoth game. So, kind of th- thought that that might happen Wednesday morning, and
1: Wednesday. I'm sorry. I'm Monday. Monday.
2: Monday morning. Yeah. My, uh, yep. Monday morning. Um, and yep. then just just uh, you know had a discussion with Paul Slickman, our athletic director, and followed up with it. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So on uh, new Monday afternoon that the likelihood of us playing mom at this weekend would, would probably not happen.
1: So, I mean, is that, is that a gut punch or is it reached the point now, Jay, whereas you told us at the beginning of the season, it was going to be a season that played out just like this, but still, do it, it, you never get used to it? Do you?
2: No, you don't. And we wanted to play shortly. Um, you know, uh, but if we've, you know, I said to the guys, if we come to this thing and, and hopefully get the Manhattan series in and, and have only lost two games compared to what other teams have gone through, that's probably a, b- a pretty good season for us to, to get all those to get 18 league games. in. so uh, in that respect, uh, you know, hopefully that these will be the only two that we've lost. But no, you never get used to what we wanted to play. We were, you know, preparing to play, came off a, a good win versus a, a good Canisius team and just want to kind of keep the momentum going.
1: Was there an opportunity, and I'm not, I'll ask you if you would have accepted it or not, but was there an opportunity to perhaps play a game over the next week? Uh, For instance, I read that North Carolina, and I'm not suggesting North Carolina as an opponent, but they went out looking for teams to play, and they came up with, I think, Marquette this week uh, in a non conference game. Did any schools reach out to you and uh, say, hey, uh, you know, we have an open date. Would you like to help us fill it?
2: no, uh that and that would have had to be something that was probably regionally done. We weren't gonna get on a plane at this point in our season and risk kind of being in airports and that type of thing so sure no one no one reached out to us um and at this point, you know, with only uh you know two more games left in the regular season, we just really want to preserve those two games and the conference tournament so um we talked about it if someone reached out to us, but we we really didn't have any um any people who are willing to do
1: that. All right. And the uh, final thing before we uh, welcome in Supreme, uh, I'll ask you the layup question, which is uh, how satisfying was it to close out alumni hall with a win? I know you were re- well aware of the significance going into that final game and uh, how good did it feel coming out after beating Canisius?
2: Well, it felt great. I, I told everybody last year that we were going to win our last game in alumni hall. And I'm a man of my word. So I stuck to that <laughs> and, uh, and we were able to do it. But certainly, you know, I was disappointed last year when we lost to Ryder in that game and got another chance to close it out, uh, which was great. It was great for, you know, uh, the many, many players, including uh, Joe who played there and uh, the many memories that uh, everybody has with that building. So I wanted to really uh, close it out the right way. We were able to do that. And as a matter of fact, I said to Paul Schlickman, because the topic of playing another game came up this weekend. I said, if we do, we're going on the road because I'm not going to screw this thing up. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's no way we're playing another <laughs> game in alumni hall. I can tell you that much. But uh, it, it it was great to send it out and, uh, and, to, and to play well versus a good Canisius team.
1: Yeah, I guess that's another uh, point to be made here. Uh, a lot of talk about an historic win for Fairfield, but it was an historic win against a team that is it is pretty good. That has certainly surprised a lot of people in the league this year.
2: I, I said this after I watched what they did to Quinnipiac, um, you know, getting ready for the game. I, I was said, they're as good as anybody. I thought, um, they can score, got a lot of depth and a lot of different guys who can score. And I thought their physicality was something, uh, there's, you know, as physical as any team in the league. So, uh, going into the series, I had a lot of respect, um, for their team and the job that reggie had done with these guys uh and knew we would really really have our hands full in this series um just just really impressed with uh, how well they run their stuff and and again the physicality of of their team was going to pose a lot of uh, problems for us i thought so it was good to get out of there you know, certainly wish we had gotten the sweep but uh, certainly played much better uh, the second night than we did the first
0: yeah, you know, along uh, the the many years that I coach, I used to watch film, especially against non-conference teams, and especially against teams out of the region that I didn't know. And I'd watch them, and I'd watch them, and it's okay, we get ready. Then they introduce the lineups, and you go, oh my God, these guys are really big. So Bob and I, and I don't want to speak for Bob, but we we thought Kanish was really good. And then after that first game, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jay, I was like, I don't know if we can get this second game. So kudos to you. Now speaking of Kanishas. They have ten. They have played ten games. Now, what has there been any talk? I know it's truly really not your business, but has there been any talk about them in case they get shut down? Uh, you know, are they scrambling? Have you talked to Reggie? Is he nervous? Is because they might not meet the minimum thirteen.
2: Well, I, I I think I said this on one of the previous broadcasts that you need thirteen regular. It's twelve because the tournament will give you one game. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, if they get their their series in this weekend versus Niagara, they'll be good. Fine. But I, there is also a waiver process, uh, Joe, that you can apply for if you don't have your 13 games. But um, fingers crossed they get their series in, and that, that would qualify every team in our league now. I think they were the last team that didn't meet uh, that requirement. But if they get those two in today – I'm sorry, there's two versus Niagara this weekend, they'll be good.
1: Right. You know, um, this just occurred to me, Jay, and uh, I'm asking you something again. That's a little bit out of uh, your your realm of uh, concern, but uh, New Jersey's allowing fans uh, back. Uh, for instance, um, Prudential Center Devils games, you can start going. I think it's 10% capacity. Has there been any chatter that you've heard of that maybe fans will be allowed to uh, watch the Mac tournament in Atlantic City? I know the
2: uh, ads have discussed it. Um and nothing has been decided yet, but it has been discussed. I think there are different rules because of the gaming stuff uh, in Atlantic City than the rest of the state of New Jersey. That that's come into play, Bob. That okay. it, that that has also something to do with it. So um, I know it has been discussed, uh, and and they're ch- just kind of working through all that right now. It would be great to, you know, have uh, Supreme's family or, or people and. Uh, You know, some of the other players uh, have their family and and some of their people uh, be able to attend the games if they could. I think that'd be great if they could.
1: Well, that's a nice segue to uh, allow us to bring in Supreme uh, for the first time. Uh, Great to have you here, uh, Supreme. And uh, we're getting you late in the season, speaking to you for the first time late in the season. So I guess we could ask you to start off with um, how much Different, a player and a person. Are you at this point in the year as you were, say, before
3: you uh, made your college debut up there at Providence? Um, before, before you know, coming into college, I didn't know what to expect. Of course, I know I was going to have to, you know, go out there play my hardest, do what I possibly could have done to help the team. But you know, you really don't know what to expect. So going in, I was just ready to just soak everything in. And just just listen to the coaches, and just just willing to play, and just do my part. As of now, I feel like I'm a better player, and I've learned so much from just from just practice film. I've learned the importance of film. Prior to coming into college, I I wasn't really a big film watcher, but just coming in, sitting with Coach Coach Sellers, Coach Young, I've learned the importance of that, and I and I can see how how it can be implemented into my game and just learning. So I would say that has made me a better player now prior to coming into college, but I can feel a a big leap in my game in a sort of way. Well, the numbers
1: certainly bear that out. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, Coach Young has spoken to us often about film sessions. Uh, Give us an idea from a player's standpoint, what is what it's like to be part of one of coach young's film sessions the kinds of things that now you have learned to look for on film and the way it helps you improve
3: yourself as a player watching film coach young always talks about the details so when we're watching film he like he's not just focusing on on how one player messed up or what we could like one player could have done he's focusing on on how the play happened, what, what went wrong from the beginning, and he works his way to the end of the play. And I think that's really important when it comes to watching film, not just looking at one thing, but looking at the, the whole, I guess the whole picture of it. Uh, it's, it's interesting to sit in one of his film sessions. Um, he breaks down all, all the players. We go to film, no, we do scouting player by player Then we watch film on their plays and stuff. And then we watch our film from our practices. I don't think a lot of teams do that. Watch film from their practices. And I think that really helps us a lot. And I can speak for my teammates when you say it helps too, just to see how they are on camera and see what they're doing wrong or what they're doing. Right. Supreme. Um,
0: Yeah. Um, Coach Young said you, you barely said five words all year. So <laughs> I, I I'm actually impressed that you speak well. Good for you. Um, you mentioned about uh, getting better this season, and you came in you know with an open attitude to soak things up. What do you think? What's the one area you think that you know when you first started practice you said to yourself I got to get better at this that you know you've improved the most on. So during the course of the year,
3: what have you improved the most on? <clears throat> I think I've improved the most on when it comes to listening to a certain extent, when the coaches tell me to like, Oh, I should have done this move or I should have done this. I try to just remember it and try to try to do it to the best of my ability. And I think that's, I think that's really important. You um,
1: Supreme for the listeners who are not familiar with your journey. It's been a a pretty active one. Uh, You started, your, your high school career at uh, in your hometown of East Orange, New Jersey, at East Orange campus. Uh, you're there for three years. and Then you transfer to um, a basketball powerhouse in, in Newark, New Jersey, St. Benedict's. I believe St. Benedict's is still in Newark. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Uh, and then you prepped a year at the Petty School. Each one of mm-hmm. those stops required a, a major transition and uh, a lot of adjustment, I'm sure, on on your part, what were the more difficult adjustments along that way, including the, the biggest adjustment of all from, from prep school at Petty
3: to uh, Fairfield? Uh, I would say each school has prepared me in a different way. So me transferring from East Orange Campus High School to St. Benedict's, that was more, I would say that was more of a, a basketball move, in my opinion. St. Benedict's is a great school, great education, but I feel like, in order for me to become the player that I wanted to be, I had to transition on from East Orange Davis High School to a like a better a better school at, for for basketball, in a sense. And my transition from pet from no from St. Benedict's to Petty would say was an academic move. Petty, one of the one of the best prep schools, no one of the best, yeah, one of the I guess you call them prep schools, one of the best prep schools in a in New Jersey. Great academics, and I felt like that was going to prepare me for college. So I would say each move has prepared me to become like the player I am today and a student I am today for Fairfield. I know Fairfield is, is well known for their um, for their academics too, and I feel feel as though that that transition from Petty to here just made it more simpler. And uh, athletic wise, from St Benedict's. That has made me put has put me in a mindset where I need to learn and just soak in and just be a, a better player and just work harder.
1: All that being said, and uh, you clearly have handled all these adjustments very well. But all that being said, no matter how much preparation you have going into your uh, first days and your first year as, uh, as a college student and player, it's still, I'm sure, sort of a shock to the system. Uh, how 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 much of uh, a shock was it to you in terms of just making that adjustment to becoming a college student as opposed to, uh, in this case, five years of uh, prepping at the high school level?
3: I would honestly say it wasn't a big shock, due to due to me coming from the petty school. The petty school was a boarding school, so it was similar to it to uh, like a campus life here at Fairfield. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think that prepared me. But what really shocked me was, was obviously the basketball portion of it. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say that basketball portion really shocked me. I wasn't used to coming in the weight room, watching film a lot. And when I saw how important it was here, it kind of threw me off a little bit, but I feel like I've adapted to it and I've. And I've come to accept it. Yeah, I just come to accept it. Supreme, um, I hate to put you on the spot, and um, I,
0: I have no issue if you don't know this, but, you know, Fairfield has had some very, very
3: good players from East Orange High School. Were you aware of that? Yeah, I, I forgot his name, but I think um, someone from East Orange Campus High School I think he – I don't know if he leads, like, Fairfield in points or something like Tony that. Tony George. Yeah. Tony George actually
0: second. Okay, Tyler yeah. Nelson beat him. Also, um, Kim Fisher, who I played with back in the 70s, was a tremendous player. Mm-hmm. And then Kenny Daniels, who um, um, wasn't a great player. He was a very good player and um, very, very smart uh, guy. I played with him a year also. He's a professor now. I believe uh, last I heard. <clears throat> so Fairfield has done well recruiting EO uh, kids, but I was just curious again, I'm. it sounds like you're on the right track. You did know who Tony was, but Tony was a great player. He, um, I coached him at Fairfield and he uh, was the all-time leading scorer until Tyler broke it. Go ahead, Bob. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask uh, Supreme uh, about the standard
1: of East orange basketball uh again for those listeners who aren't aware i mean east orange uh, going back um, many generations has uh, produced a lot of great basketball players and and moments uh when did you become aware of uh that legacy supreme i mean you grew up basically in a, in a basketball town uh, how much did that
3: influence uh your particular career as as a player I think it had a, a big influence on my career. I didn't really understand the culture and all the history behind basketball or east orange until I was about a sophomore. That's when I started playing varsity and I've spoken to the varsity coaches and they just sat, they just explained to me like all the players obviously before me and who's played here, like the the per like the people whose name were on the banners, thousand point scores. And that just and that just made me made me want to be a better player because when I leave, when I leave East orange campus, I just want to be spoken about like them and I want to leave a history behind as well. So I think that had a a real big influence on my progression as a player and how I wanted to be looked at like one of them. Well, you're clearly
1: uh, well on your way to doing just that, uh, making uh, East orange campus and St. Benedict's and uh, Petty proud and, as what you're doing so far as a stag and coach i always ask you uh about a particular player and when that player first uh ended up on your recruiting radar uh, why don't you give us the background to recruiting supreme and and who are some of the other schools you had to to beat out to uh, bring him to fairfield
2: well i i first saw supreme play uh almost immediately after i got the job here and uh you know, it was an AAU tournament, um, and uh, wasn't really aware of him. You know, had a list of a bunch of names, and uh, just just loved him. Uh, you know, worked with a lot of big guys in my career, and loved some of the things I saw him do in the AAU game. But he was really, um, you know, close to committing to Columbia, which he ultimately did, uh, commit to Columbia. And you know, uh, during the summer, the pandemic hit. And Vince made the decision not to come back. And then we also heard around that same time that Supreme uh, might not be attending Columbia, might have gotten out of his commitment and reopen his recruitment. So it was certainly uh, sorry to see Vince go, but very excited <laughs> when I heard the news that um, Supreme uh, may be available. And Pat Sellers, my assistant, had talked to Supreme when he was at FDU and I just said, this is the guy that we really want. I, I I know I didn't see a ton of him, but what I saw, I was really, really impressed with how hard he played and uh, thought he had a huge upside. So uh, we just kind of jumped in as I uh, actually spoke to the Columbia coaches um, about it uh, uh, and, you know, kind of just jumped right in there. And, and we're fortunate enough to get a commitment from him. And, uh, you know, as I've said all the time about I really believe the sky's the limit with him and and uh, he's done Obviously, some great things for us this year, but uh, his best years are ahead of us, for sure.
1: Supreme, that's an intriguing tale right there. Uh, why don't you give it to us uh, from your perspective? Uh, what ultimately led to you, first of all, committing to Columbia and, and then being released from that commitment, ending up at Fairfield? What is the background to uh, that particular
3: story? Um, I believe I committed to Fairfield in this this summer prior to prior to the last one. Uh, yeah, prior to the last one. I just I've always found it always found um, education to be very important to me, as well as my mom and my family. We always put education first, so we thought attending an Ivy League school would be the best best uh, best place for me, but. I I figured out like as time went on, like I don't think that would have been the, the best fit for me, and I I just thought I better I'd be better off somewhere else. So that's what ultimately led me to my decommitment de- from Columbia University.
1: Let us all say that we are very happy <laughs> <laughs> you made the uh, the selection. That you did. And um, now that you're at Fairfield and you're getting a taste of Division One college basketball, uh, what, um, you know, what have been the, the biggest uh, adjustments in terms of just learning how to compete at this level? You already mentioned about the work it takes and getting into the weight room and, and committing in that regard. But just in terms of the kind of players you're going up against now, What's that been like for you and um, how much more work do you anticipate needing to do before you get to that point where you, you really feel comfortable and where you're at?
3: Um, I can honestly say it only, it only makes me work harder. Every night we're going, we're going against a good team. We, we haven't played like a bad team and that's, and that's probably just going to happen to a lot of teams around college basketball. Like you can't take a night off you have to be willing to just go out there and play and not not only play, but to improve your game, because just going out there playing it, it's probably not going to get you better. But you just have to be committed to getting yourself better. And that, you know, that will lead you to uh, becoming a better player and just being able to go go toe to toe with, honestly, the, the best players in your, in your league or in college basketball. So I would just say, I would just say those who how do I create this? Um, just the better players in my league, outside of my league, they just fuel me to fuel me to work harder and just be a better player. Supreme, um, I went to an Ivy League school in the front door and
0: out the back. Um, talking about other teams, in the league, is there a team in the league that you really look forward to? one team maybe you, you played with uh, somebody aau with the roadrunners whatever and is there a team non conference in the next 4 years that you want to bug coach young to play
3: uh first of all a uh, uh, team in our conference i would have to say niagara because they they obviously swept us but i don't feel like i played my best basketball when i when i went to, when we played them and I can speak for my teammates when when I say that we, we would want to play them again, because I don't think, you know, we obviously didn't get the result we wanted. So we would obviously want that game back An out of conference game. Uh, I would honestly want to play Columbia. Good call. Like it.
1: <laughs> what about a, um, a Jay Young practice? We talked mm-hmm. about the film session. What's mm-hmm. it like going through one of Jay's practices?
3: Going through practice, um, it's it's really interesting. Uh, first, we start off um, uh, shooting with our with our designated coaches. I would say so he would split us up, bigs and guards, and we would both both groups would get a kind of a workout. And then from on from on there, we would stretch, and then we would go into our defensive. Uh, our defensive stuff. Coach Young's a big defensive guy, so we usually spend a lot of time on defense. After that, we usually go to the different drills and stuff, and then we usually drill the other teams' uh, other teams' plays and stuff, and we spend a good portion of that because we, we feel like that's important, and Coach Young, he feels like that's important too. So we usually do that for a while, and afterwards, we usually do more more shooting drills, uh, some up and down stuff, five on five, on five dummy offense. I would say, I would say it's a, it's a well-rounded practice schedule mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> it's a well-rounded practice schedule and I feel like though like I guess like it's really helping the team out too. Cause it's not, it's not too fast. It's not too slow. It's like the the perfect pace for, for players on a team. And I haven't heard any, anyone on the team complain about the practice schedule. So I guess everyone likes it. Coach, I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. I got to toughen
2: up. Uh, Supreme (laughs) is letting me know I got to be a lot tougher. Thanks
1: Supreme. (laughs) Hey, how about your relationship with uh, Chris Mito, your fellow big, Uh, you guys Mm. have been like a two headed monster out there. Uh, Uh, When you look at your numbers collectively, uh, they're incredibly uh, impressive, but as far as that particular relationship with him, I mean, you obviously go up against him in practice, and uh, I'm going to make a presumption that uh, he makes you better and you make him better, but let's hear it in your words.
3: Uh, Chris, he's been a major part in my my development here at Fairfield. Um, Of course, he's are great ahead of me. He's been here. So he has the experience that I don't. And I often come to him for that. So I just ask him though, what am I supposed to do here? What am I doing wrong here? And he'll he'll gladly explain it to me. And I just created my development to him. He gets me better in practice. He's a he's a real challenge. So he's helped me a lot. Off the court, he's a good guy, always willing to help, always talking, just a ball of energy. So I would say he's He's important. He's important to uh, me and the team on the court as well as off the court. You know, I, um,
1: I wanted to ask you about something I'm sure that a lot of people do ask you about. And Joe will attest to this. Neither of us have really uh, made a uh, – had fun with it or made an issue of it at all. But you have maybe the greatest name in the history of Fairfield <laughs> University basketball Uh, We love the name, but as I said, we have not spent that much time talking about that. However, you have grown up with this really great Mm -hmm. name, but I'm sure you've also heard every dopey joke there is to be made about your name and and had to Mm -hmm. deal with that. Any any stories you can uh, relate in terms of uh, dealing with uh, what is an intriguing and interesting and certainly uh, attention-getting name?
3: Uh, Yeah, um, after my first... Ever college game against Providence, there, <laughs> there have been so many like tweets and TikToks like made about my name, and saying, "Oh, I had the best name in college basketball," and they started like comparing my name, like to other like players' name like in college basketball. So I guess that's like gotten got me some popularity. <laughs> Whatever,
1: whatever it takes. you know. It, it, look, everybody wants your basketball to speak for itself, but a great mm-hmm. basketball game combined with a name like that, and I have a feeling that uh, you're going to earn a few headlines before uh, all is said and done. And as we mentioned earlier, you were part of an historic win, uh, Supreme uh, closing out Alumni Hall. And uh, Jay, mm-hmm. that once again was a win in game two, of a a max series, and I know you're so tired of hearing about this, but if you figured out how to bottle this thing up that you do in game twos and maybe um, bring it over to you, bring it over to the Manhattan game when you're playing game one, uh, I I know it's like, okay, why do we talk about this? Because the season's almost over and that's just the way it played out. But it really was stark, the difference in Fairfield's performances in game one versus game twos in these MAC series this year, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, um, you know, it, it has been. Uh, you know, certainly I, I do get asked that a lot. Um, uh, you know, we, we were able to get back in the film room. I think some of it is just, you know, we had, didn't play well on the first night in some of these games, and, and guys have improved, certainly from the defensive standpoint. I think we've made some adjustments and guys have improved. But uh, it's really just a tribute to our guys who were resilient, uh, having come up. Haven't been happy after these game one uh, performances and have come back and uh, like I said, played, played much better in in game two and our defense has been much better in game two for the most part. So that's, that's, uh, that's really what it's been about, but I don't have an answer for, you know, uh, then we went to St. Peter's, we won game one and lost game two. So uh, we, we've just got to try and, and and this is college basketball this year, though, if you look at the numbers, it's been very, very difficult for teams, any teams to sweep in these back-to-backs. And for a number of reasons, just, you know, uh, uh, for a number of all all the things that go into that, uh, playing these back-to-back games. So, um, you know, we've, we've, got a big series coming up with Manhattan for, for our seating. Uh, and, you know, just concerned about the first game, trying to play well and win that one. And then we'll fig- try and figure out the second one. But the answer is I don't, I don't have an answer. Uh, we, we, yeah. we just, for whatever reason. And, and I, again, I think it's a credit to our guys who have come back and uh, not been happy about either the way they played individually or collectively, and have done a much better job on the second night.
0: Jay. Um, the the uh, the second game against Canisius, 42 to 16 pain points. Yeah, you beat them. And um, Supreme had 10 points, eight rebounds in 19 minutes. I told Bob, um, I, I feel like your offensive primitive game is getting better. Taj has been good. Wojcik really seems to be settling in. Cable has been up and down, but, you know, he's gone through some things there. Um, your inside game, I think, is really important to success the rest of the season. And I told Bob... And this is going to sound like I'm a mean person, but the one thing, the best thing I liked about Supreme is he got four fouls in those 19 minutes. And one time he threw someone to the ground. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying he viciously tried to hurt anybody, but they were trying to set up a little ISO and they were trying to pin you and you just shoved them to the ground. How important is the play of Supreme and Mido? and, And Chef gave you a good game in the first game. You're big people the rest of the way, especially come tournament time.
2: Yeah, we've we've been making a concerted effort to play the to throw the ball inside to these guys who are shooting high percentages. It's it's really, you know, we talk to the guys all the time. We're gonna we need to play inside out and do a better job of that. We worked on that in practice. Chris and, and Supreme are both shooting high percentage uh from the field and and uh and are both willing passers out of the post. Uh Supreme had, you know, a good pass out of the post that led to a basket when he was doubled uh on the second game. So we've done a better job of that. We got to continue on that trend um and and chris and supreme have kind of split that that five spot and done a really good job of being productive for us uh and i said the same thing we were we thought we got bullied a little bit that first night quite honestly joe and we addressed that in the film uh and and we need to be much more physical that we uh than we were uh i think canicia's very physical team and, and probably the most physical team in our league. Uh, and we, we need to answer the bell a little more than we did. And, and uh, I agree with you. Um, sometimes a, a, a good follow sends a message that, that we're not going to back down. And, and, and I agree with you. We were just much, not only Supreme, but we were, we were much more physical that second night than we were the first night.
1: Supreme uh, your goals as a um, as a fairfield stag you uh, potentially still have four years to go here every year everybody gets to mulligan from this year so a lot you have a lot of basketball has to be played some of it's going to be played in the new athletic and convocation center and that's well down the line but um what do you see in terms of your fairfield future both individually and
3: what can this team accomplish by the time that you graduate as a stag um I can, see, I can see my team accomplishing a lot. I can see us getting a MAC championship. I can see us winning the tournament. I can see us doing a lot of good things, but I feel like we all have to just buckle down and just be willing to work and just compete and, and just listen to coach. I feel like once we do all of those things, we'll be just as good as any team in the country. So I can just see us just being an overall good team and just, just winning.
1: Well, Coach, uh, you know, it, it doesn't happen if you don't see it. What do you see as we wrap things up here uh, for Supreme as his Fairfield career continues to develop?
2: I mean, Supreme can be special. I tell him that. I was, he was in my office on uh, Monday watching some film with us. And, you know, the I think the other thing, Bob, is, is people don't realize uh, – the first time Supreme really stepped foot on this campus was September. There was no summer for him like every other fresh like every other freshman before class before him. Uh, those eight weeks during the summer for the freshman class are huge in their development. And then he got hurt with a knee problem. So he missed a good portion of, of our of our preseason. And I think, I don't know, Supreme probably practiced what, about eight days before the Providence game. And that was it. Now you got to go out and you got to play Nate Watson, one of the best, most physical guys in the country in the front court. So he had about eight college practices before he did that. Um, And, you know, the
1: the
2: the the five spot for us is important spot, especially defensively, because it controls all our ball screen coverage. And just the amount of learning that we were kind of jamming on Supreme in those those first weeks was incredible. He handled it uh, great. He's gotten better and better and better. His defense has really taken a, a giant leap. Uh, I think, you know, he's getting a feel for ball screen coverage. But um, I tell him I just want this summer. I want eight weeks to, to you know, uh, work with him and, and work with our staff and, and get him in the weight room. But I, I mean, Supreme could be, I work with, I tell him this all the time. I work with a lot of big guys and he's got, you know, Jamil Warney played in the NBA And uh, he's got some strength and some some physical uh, abilities that that even Jamil didn't have. So uh, I'm excited to to get him and and hopefully have this summer to work with him. But the sky's the limit for Supreme. And uh, I I truly believe that.
1: Well, Supreme, we're all looking forward to uh, your career progressing here at Fairfield. And in addition to having the best name in Fairfield University history, you have the best voice. You have—you're uh, another guy that's going to come after Joe's job someday. Yeah. You have that—that that, that <laughs> great deep voice, and uh, so if you ever <laughs> want to consider a career in broadcasting, I'm sure Joe'll give you a few tips along the way. Here,
0: not going to take much to overtake me. That's for darn sure.
1: <laughs> but thank you very much for spending time with us, Supreme. It really was uh, fun getting to know you, and we'll look forward to doing it uh, many, many times during your Fairfield career.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: And Jay, before we wrap things up, any other little news items or things we may have overlooked, things we don't know about?
2: I don't think so, guys. As usual, you guys did a complete job. So uh, uh, I think you covered everything, Bob. But uh, we're just looking forward to, uh, you know, hopefully getting our last series in, playing well, hopefully against Manhattan and heading down to uh, Atlantic City. And, you know, I I think that – I think all teams will feel like this, that it's a wide open tournament and, and, uh, you know, hopefully catch, have a little magic here for a few days. And uh, I'm sure all teams will be telling that team the same thing. It's there's a lot of parody in this league and we really feel anybody it's, it can be anybody's tournament.
1: It's great way to wrap it up as uh, we do say so long and, Bid you a farewell on this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. We'll be back next week to preview the uh, final two games of the regular season as the SAG get ready for Manhattan. And then we'll uh, we'll start to talk about that MAC tournament, which Coach Young was just referring to. And also we're going to uh, sit down and talk with Jalen Leach, the Fairfield freshman whose career as freshman year was cut short by a foot injury, but we'll get to know him next week and see how his rehab is going. So, for Jay Young and for the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis, for our special guest Supreme Cook, and for our producer extraordinaire Ryan Moynihan on Bob Huesler, thanks very much for listening to Open Court.
0: The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.